This is episode 304 of the Wrestling Brethren Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Wiener, along with Seth Zillman and Jared Aubrey. And on this episode, we discuss the latest in wrestling news, including plans heading into Extreme Rules. Hey, OJ Will, get us started. What up? This is Josiah Williams, and you're listening to the Wrestling Brethren Podcast, where wrestling and pop culture collide. Yeah. This is episode 304 of the Wrestling Brethren podcast, and we have some WWE items, some AEW items, and even a Ring of Honor item. But before we can get into all that, Seth, Jarrett, how the hell are you? I was saving us up just for this occasion and forgot at the last minute, because I can actually join with the toast this evening. I've already already cracked cracked open open my toast. toast. This This is going to be a good week, gents. I get to podcast with my brothers from Chicago, and I get to attend SmackDown on Friday. And I was just looking at some info on on, uh, WWE.com, and it's like they're promoting the bloodline versus the world. This is going to be a perfect show for me to go to. Looking forward to it. I'm going to be jacked. Try not to sprain your index finger when you proclaim (laughs) we the ones. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I have to, my main decision is going to be like, which bloodline shirt am I going to wear? Where? I'm pretty sure that honorary Ooze shirt is going to be flying off the shelves. And that's not sarcasm. I, I, actually, I actually do think that. Well, most likely. Which one to wear? Which one to buy? Decisions, decisions. Indeed. Now, as a recent goer, well, recent within the last two and a half years. Do you eat at the venue or do you eat on the way to the venue? Depends on the day, but usually I eat at home first and then go. Yeah, because prices at these places are brutal. Well, we'll put it this way. So my my girlfriend's boy, um, actually both boys, um, I sent them to a Jets preseason game last night. And the thing to do at a Jets game is have a Jets dog. And it's a foot and a half long hot dog. And you can get like insane toppings on it. There's like nacho cheese and mac and cheese and pierogies and bacon. And of course, each one is, you know, a couple bucks for each topping or whatever, right? So they load up with a hot dog and a couple of beverages and, and just... One was a Coke and one was a water and this hot dog with like three toppings on it. It was like 30 bucks. So yeah. Adult beverages are like 10 bucks a piece. Yeah. (laughs) Usually it's, uh, it's usually it's home time first. Yeah. Yeah. That's or back in the day when they actually had a dollar menu was McDonald's and the dollar menu on your way in. But now the dollar menu doesn't exist anymore because of inflation. So Yeah, it's the $14 man you know. Yeah. Yeah. All righty then. Um, Let's start with some WWE. And next week we will be giving our predictions and preview for Extreme Rules Premium Live Event. 
And we've got five matches lined up so far, but we also have two more, uh, technically three more uh, TV shows before we get to the premium live event. So hopefully things will be more finalized. But one thing I do want to say that I do like is we're back to every match on the Extreme Rules pay-per-view having a stipulation to it and not just one or two Extreme Rules matches on a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. Okay, so two topics I wanted to get into a conversation about is actually both revolving around uh, people from the women's division in WWE. The first one being Rhea Ripley. Is she still injured, do you guys think? Because she hasn't wrestled since coming back from her injury. She's been physical a little bit, but most of it's been implied off screen. And she hasn't wrestled at all. Now, granted, I I don't not like her role in Judgment Day, but she never got that title match that she earned. And I'm starting to wonder if she's still injured or if they're leaning towards more of the precautionary side since she had proclaimed that she had a brain injury. So uh, what do you guys think? Well, I would imagine if they're playing it by ear, I, I, I haven't checked or really heard anything lately as far as whether she was uh, cleared or not. But I think what they have been doing is, as far as the storytelling, it seems more like Rhea is kind of more the uh, de facto leader of the group now rather than, rather than it being a, a Damien Priest or um, or Finn Balor because she's clearly the one pushing the buttons for uh, Dominic. I think we all agreed a couple of weeks back that that would be a, a pretty cool uh, storyline to do, but maybe it's just because if she's not feuding with anybody in the ring, does she really need to wrestle? I'm just kind of throwing out possibilities there, but I'm, I'm actually not positive whether she's uh, uh, on any injured list or not. Yeah. I haven't heard exactly what's going on, but you know, according to Rhea herself, it's, you know, I'll be back soon kind of thing. So in the wrestling world soon could be a week. It could be a month. It could be six months, right? We don't, we don't really know. Although the, the rumor is, and, and this would be kind of pretty cool if it happened is um, a match against Beth Phoenix. And if that is indeed her return match, it could be that they're waiting for the right time to put this match on. Uh, in which case, if they're holding off for in ring return for that, I'm all good with that. That would be a hell of a woman's hoss fight. Agreed. I forgot about that element, considering Edge is still feuding with Judgment Day and Rhea laid waste to Edge a couple weeks back and then Beth defended her man. I, I forgot all about that until you just said that. Uh, so that's what good seed planting will do, layering the story. And I would not be mad at that match. I would embrace that full wholeheartedly so hopefully she's on the road to recovery if she's still injured or still playing it safe or if wwe is playing it safe more power to them at least she's on tv every week she's featured and not forgotten so i'm all for that the other uh item i wanted to touch on is we had a match that was internally listed 
in WWE as Nikki A.S.H. versus Dewdrop. And when I heard that, I was like, so we're just going to get this match with no build, no nothing. We're just all of a sudden they're facing each other. And that was a ruse because they wanted to keep secret the surprise debut of one Candice LeRae. So apparently the Garganos like to debut in Canada. And so Candice made her return looking incredible and disposed of Nikki A.S.H. in about two minutes and with a swinging neckbreaker off the middle rope. And more importantly, more storytelling, Nikki A.S.H. took off her mask at the end, was crying in the corner and kind of threw it on the mat. So hopefully we will be getting back to Nikki Cross and we will be getting back to telling that story. Yeah, agreed. Because, I mean, my understanding, and I could be wrong, I'm certainly open to correction, but my understanding is early on she wanted to kind of do the superhero gimmick, but it it didn't take on, on, uh, didn't catch on. And, uh, you know, I personally liked the punk rock version uh, of her from a year or two ago. That's the one I think is probably uh, makes for a more interesting character. So, whether it's as a heel or whether it's a baby face, now yeah, let, let's uh, bring back the punk rock Nikki. Yeah, I like Nikki much better as her previous incarnation myself as well. So yeah, anything that's going to get her back to that, and I'm glad that they're actually taking the time to at least try to tell a story while doing so, right? Rather than you know her just okay, she's Nikki SH one week and then she shows up next week as Nikki Cross. I'm glad they're trying to do something with it. Yeah, go back to the uh, the backstage storytelling. Show her downtrodden backstage. Show Dewdrop trying to lift her spirits. Have them get into a shoving match if tempers flare. Do something. And speaking of doing something, I thought I would bring up once again that The Miz showed up like nothing happened. Again. Dexter Loomis showed up. Again. Attack the Miz again. And if they have Miz come back next week like nothing happened, I'm going to be pissed and I'm going to start losing interest in this story because there's not been a why. There's not been an advancement. Miz is not giving up any information. And this is starting to be the law of diminishing returns. Especially since they seem to be duplicating, of all things, from WCW back when Hogan was getting haunted by the Warrior. It's like we all saw the Warrior standing there and Hogan saw it, but yet nobody else did. Because there's these times where supposedly Miz is seeing Dexter Loomis in the crowd and you see on TV that Dexter Loomis is in the crowd, but people are acting like they, they can't see him. I don't know, maybe he's been training with Cena, but you know, it's just, I don't get how we're supposed to think Miz is going crazy because he thinks he sees Dexter Loomis everywhere when he actually is seeing Dexter Loomis everywhere. I, I just, I n- never understood that trying to tell a story that way. Yeah, we talked about this one last week, and it needs to do something. It needs to further, I mean, toss us a bone, right? Like, he can you can keep it going, but give us a little bit of 
a little bit of meat as to why this is happening and what's going on. Absolutely agree. It started out so well, and then it just kept going and going and going and going. They Even in NXT, when they ran this storyline, they had some forwarding of it, even though it didn't make sense. They at least moved it along. There's that. We'll have to see what happens Monday. And moving over, we, we will get more into WWE next week. But moving over to AEW, uh, the first thing that made me happy tonight while watching Dynamite is based on the in-ring promo from Jericho Appreciation Society and the interrupting Brian Danielson and the turn of Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia proposed a tag team match between he and Brian Danielson against mm -hmm. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So we are one week away from the debut of the tag team Daniel Bryan in All Elite Wrestling. I can't help but wonder if they'll call it like Brian Daniel or something like that just to try to get around <laughs> trying to use the name. But I mean, they, they did run with calling Sammy Guevara and uh, Jake Hager calling him Sammy Hagar, but then they actually got Sammy Hagar on screen to acknowledge it. So who knows? How in the sweet blue hell did I miss that? Because you didn't watch Dynamite tonight. Sammy Hagar was on. Oh, that. I, no, no, that, that, was, that was. Yeah, that was months ago. Months ago. <laughs> I thought you meant the I thought you meant the promo and the Daniel Bryan thing. And, and you guys never told me this. What? What kind of wrestling brethren are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> also, the difference is, is Sammy Hagar does not work for WWE. So, right. I mean, they could get around it saying that I'm not. We're not calling him Daniel Bryan. We're calling the team Dan his. He's Daniel Garcia, and he's Brian Danielson. What else did you want to call it, Garcia Danielson? That don't make no sense. Mm -hmm. Yikes! Then we had a little bit later on. We had Soraya. And her quote-unquote explanation of her debut and everything. And these waters got muddied kind of quick because she didn't really say yay or nay on whether or not she's going to be able to wrestle. With the exception of the line saying, at the end of the day, she's damaged, but she's not broken. So that's vague. And then she said kind of like she's there to ensure the women are getting their due on television. And she said that not only did she start the revolution, she is the revolution. So God help me if that's not her nickname moving forward. Will the revolution be televised is the question. Oh, the revolution will, but I don't know if women's yeah. segments are going to be televised because they seem to all be on dark and dark elevation. But which is kind of the point of this conversation. She called out for all, all quote, all the women to join her. Five baby faces walked out. I'm like, well, first of all, that's not all the women. So, and then secondly, she was interrupted by Britt Baker and three other heels. And I'm like, that's still not all the women. And I I don't know what the point of all this was other than just 
doing what they normally do. And if they don't have multiple segments for the women, they just throw as many out there into one segment that they can, whether it makes sense or not. So I'm kind of on the fence right now on Soraya in AEW and what the whole point of this is. I'm willing to give it some time, but a bit of a rocky start, if you ask me. It's way early, probably too early to tell. Uh, I, I'm assuming that they have those people all there because they will be part of the actual storyline. I mean, if you're just going to have somebody out there in the background and then not do anything with them afterwards... I mean, would you really need them to show up uh, for the first act of the story for making any sense? You know, if, if they're not going to do anything, then I guess there'd really be no reason for them to come out in the, on the uh, rampway in the, in the first place. Just throwing random stuff around. I don't know if this is going to make any sense or not, but because um, so, I hadn't seen the segment. But perhaps the, the damage not a broken line could be a psychological reference. There's always that possibility because he was a little wild back in the day. Um, I also wonder if it means she's going to be a manager, not a wrestler. Or if she's going to be trying to lead the women, maybe she's at ringside. She's going to be involved, but maybe she's not going to wrestle. Who knows? But um, like you guys said, willing to, this is the first time out, willing to give it uh, a bit of time to develop and, foster and see what happens and in the span of some time it doesn't do anything then we can start complaining that's what we do best isn't it (laughs) well this is the internet no (laughs) i mean we've stopped complaining about wwe to a degree so we gotta throw that energy somewhere right Mm -hmm. although i'm willing to fully throw it at miz and dexter loomis if they don't get that shit show going but um, we already, we already talked about that. Um, so yeah, it, it was weird. I, I think Madison rain was one of the baby faces on there. Is she a coach or an active wrestler or both? I don't know what her role is in this either. That's part of the problem is they don't really explain what the hell's going on. You're just supposed to infer and hope that you're right. So yeah. Well, how can they explain what everybody is there to do when they've got 900 people on the roster? <laughs> and Excalibur only has so much uh, oxygen going through his lungs where he's able to <laughs> speak about everything. And he usually uses it all telling you what's going to be on Rampage and Dynamite the following week. And sometimes I can't tell whether he's trying to be himself or he's trying to copy. Uh, what, what was his name? John Machida, the, uh, the the Micro Machines guy from the 80s. Yeah. Talk really oh, fast. God. Yeah blast from the past uh yeah so you just get a micro machines reference on a wrestling podcast in 2022 what in the blue yeah <laughs> what in the blue hell no <laughs> um yeah so the baby faces were soraya uh athena tony storm madison rain willow nightingale and one unidentifiable baby face that i have no idea who it was um, maybe Sky Blue. I don't know. I, Sky Blue was out there. She she had the uh, a lot of the uh, color in her eyelids. Whatever I keep forgetting what they call that eyeshadow. Yeah, yeah. I I was trying to. They they kept moving the camera around too fast, and I couldn't really get a good look. So, and then the heels were Britt Baker, Jamie Hader, 
Penelope Ford and somebody else before they brought out Serena Deeb for the match against Tony Storm. So uh, I know Britt had a good line saying that uh, she's been the face of this women's division, sticking her neck out on the line. And the only difference between me and you is that my neck is able to handle it. And of course, the crowd goes, ooh. So, um, and then Soraya had a line where she said, I talked to Tony in the back, and it's so nice having a boss that listens to me for a change. And uh, she was able to make the title match a lumberjack match. Um, so that's another thing that leads me to believe that she's going to be more of a like authority figure because she can always just say, I've been working with Tony and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I, I don't know if they're killing time until she gets medically cleared or what the deal is. But supposedly she signed a three-year deal um, to be an AEW. So... We'll have to yeah, see I, how this goes down. If she's not going to wrestle, then I wonder why she would have left WWE in the first place. Because the, the only way that would make sense if she's leaving, if she left WWE, would be if she could wrestle again. Because I'm pretty sure if she couldn't wrestle anywhere else, I'm not sure why she why she'd want to leave. Um, I mean, it, it's her decision, of course. But I think you know what I'm saying. It's just like. If she's not going to get medically cleared to wrestle outside of WWE, then what would she be doing elsewhere that she couldn't do in WWE? Because my understanding is Brian Danielson got cleared by a ton of doctors. He was just never cleared by WWE's doctor until he eventually convinced that doctor to clear him because of all the uh, the other doctors signing off on it. So maybe it's a similar thing. Maybe she's gotten clearance from other doctors outside of WWE and feels confident enough that she can wrestle. Well, well, or perhaps if she uses the line that I finally have a boss that listens to me, it could be like the other dozens of talents that have been pissed off at, you know, at WWE and left for other places. Well, here's the thing. They didn't use her. She was available for like over two years and they never used her. Mm -hmm. They had her briefly on that backstage show on Fox, but as CM Punk will tell you, he was not employed by WWE. He was employed by Fox. Same can be said for her. So they never used her. And up until this week, or I'm sorry, up until last week, uh, when it was reported that uh, the new regime had interest in bringing her back, she debuts on Dynamite last week. So a uh, little too little too late um, I'm, I'm glad that she's getting TV time. I'm glad that she's out there and whatever her future holds, we'll have to see if it is just going to be managerial and, or, um, an authority figure type thing. Let's hope that they're able to either work hand in hand with her or write stuff better for the women write better stories she was trying to imply in her promo that these ladies deserve more and she's here to make sure they get it type of thing so i'll we'll have to see how this moves forward they certainly did hint at a Britt baker soraya match so we'll have to see and the last topic that i wanted to cover is Chris Jericho as the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Now, the first thing I want to say is I would would have thought that they would have brought in new belts 
because all these Ring of Honor titles are all silver and they look cheap as all get out compared to other title belts. And they almost look like toys made out of tin. Not a really good aesthetic for TV, uh, especially the uh, especially the ROH World title just looks so, uh, as MJF would say, mid around the waist of Jericho. Um, apparently it was reported today that, uh, Tony Khan didn't really have a plan for ring of honor when he bought it. He just bought it. So that basically that WWE couldn't buy it. Um, so I think, you know, they're trying to get weekly television going and that's a struggle might be the reason that they strapped Jericho in the first place so they can sell it better, kind of the way they had to do for AEW in the first place. And so now he defended tonight against Bandito, who was the Ring of Honor world champion last year for over 150 days. And he defeats Bandito. And, you know, of course, they had Bobby Cruz, the Ring of Honor ring announcer, and they had Ian Riccoboni on commentary. He's the play by play guy for Ring of Honor. And they're trying to incorporate all these things. And then after the match, Jericho uh, has Bobby Cruz in the match or in the ring, and he demands that he, you know, address him as you know the champion and declare him the winner of the match and everything and then jericho says welcome to the era of ring of jericho and he's going to destroy the legacy of ring of honor he's going to destroy previous ring of honor champions he's going to destroy ring announcers he's going to destroy commentators everything this that and the other and then he says he's going to start with Brian Danielson in a couple of weeks when they're in Toronto. And so I, this is another thing that I'm not sure I'm into, so to speak. The way the promo went tonight, I was really expecting him to be interrupted by Samoa Joe, but... I come to find out just before we started recording this episode that Samoa Joe is not able to make it there due to Hurricane Ian and travel being interrupted. Because um, it really felt like it, and he, that segment needed an interruption from somebody to represent Ring of Honor. Uh, and it never really happened. So I'm trying to think. I, I kind of... I, I like him going through the former Ring of Honor people. There's enough of them there. But to what end game? Does this end with television when the baby faces prevail? Does this end in a complete rebrand? Or I'm trying to think what the possible possibilities for the end game of this storyline, because obviously it's going to go on for a while. Uh, you've got Claudio, you've got Samoa Joe, you've got Christopher Daniels. Um, so there, there's a whole bunch of people you can fall back on to have Jericho feud with, but I'm just not sure to what end. I, I would think it's uh, pretty poetic the way it would be going. I mean, for, for me, the best story to be told would be Daniel Garcia beats Chris Jericho for the world title. 
that's what that's what I do anyway. No, not next week, of course, but you know, sometime down the road. Okay, but he has other than holding the pure championship, he has no ties to Ring of Honor. I mean, I can see it being the you know the baby faces rallying around him and 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 uh, what do you call that? Appointing him their representative, especially if they go the unpleasant route of having Jericho plow through all these guys. And then the age old question of who could stop Chris Jericho. Yeah. And in a lot of these programs, you you see the feedback from fans and, you know, bookers and stuff like that. It's just like, well, you know, there shouldn't there be somebody new that gets the notoriety to get the spotlight on them. That, that's why I think it would end with Daniel Garcia winning. Cause you, you ultimately have the veteran put over a new guy. What about a second city saint? Oh, wait, no, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. My bad. Well, they could use Coca Banda now. <laughs> That'd be the ultimate, <laughs> the, the ultimate retribution. So I, I don't know. I like, I like the idea of where you were going with the, the live TV thing and with, with Jericho as champion. That's how they sold AEW as a, as a name value, right? As champ. And I think Tony's going, well, I did this once. Why can't I do the same thing again and have it sell again? Right? So he's got Jericho, though. He's got Claudio there. He's got Samoa Joe there. He's got some names built up, I think, to sell the product. I think Jericho will be a long-time champion. I don't know who who ends up beating Jericho. I don't know. Um, can, Can Samoa Joe finally win, like, a world title after how many, how many yeah. stops and starts? Yeah, yeah but he, he's been Ring of Honor world champion. The championship I, I wanted him to have, he can't have right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that. I know he's been ROH before, but I mean, Jesus, he's <laughs> he's had so many rockets attached to him and then injury and then push and injury and push and injury. I just want to see the dude succeed for a while. It doesn't really matter what, what belt it is. I just want to see him on top somewhere. Now, could you imagine being told a few years ago that we're going to get Chris Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli or against Samoa Joe for the ROH title? I mean, if we, were, if we heard that a few years ago, we'd probably assume that WWE just bought Ring of Honor. But just those matches on paper there, just Jericho having matches with uh, Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure he had matches with, with, Dan O'Brien and WWE and with uh, when Claudio was Cesaro, but under Ring of Honor rules, I think it just makes it more interesting. Well, the problem there is Jericho doesn't abide by Ring of Honor rules. (laughs) In the match with Bandito tonight, he shook his hand at the start of the match, but then tried to do like a specialized handshake with him and then in the end just flipped him off in the face, so... Not not much honor in that. Main thing is they need new belts, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they went out, or, you know, they went out of their way to trademark a new logo and then, I guess, got heat over the craptacularness of the said logo, and so they changed it again and got a trademark for that one, but yet we're still seeing the old Ring of Honor logo on the old titles, so... Get some better looking titles. Stop using ones that look like tin straps and toys. 
uh, and maybe they'll be taken more seriously. That's just me. I'm not a big fan of silver title belts because uh, it's been ingrained in me that silver means second place. So um, that's the first aesthetic they have to fix. And then I guess we can get into the storytelling more once we go down this path. Any topics that we haven't covered that either of you would like to bring to the table for discussion? Not, not offhand. I mean, now I will say this for WWE. I mean, the show has definitely gotten better. What I, what I have seen of it. I uh, just, I haven't had the time to watch all of raw and, and SmackDown each week. Where it's to the point where even if I didn't know what had gone on w- with Vince and Vince wasn't there, I would still be noticing, Hey, th- this is getting a lot more coherent. This is getting a lot better. So I know I say it, every couple of weeks, but it's an interesting time to be a wrestling fan when this new McMahonless era, because we're seeing somebody else's vision for WWE now for the first time in over 40 years. So not, not so much current wrestling related, but I have to, it's, it's hilarious. Do either of you guys have like serious XM or stream serious or anything like that at all? I have Sirius XM, yes. Hey, so have you heard the latest Ric Flair commercial? I have, and now every time I hear it, I turn it off. <laughs> I I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I thought it was the, the funniest, damnedest thing I've ever heard. It's like, are you having problems with your Flair down there? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I guess given that he's what 70 whatever years old perhaps you know um he's not just a customer he's going to own the company who knows i I just thought it was funny just hearing that and and of course the big woo at the end yeah just tremendous yeah as soon as he said are you having problems i was like click it's like (laughs) i don't need advice from you thanks i'll never as kids all right well next week We will preview and predict Extreme Rules. We will give our thoughts on the matches and our thoughts on if any more surprises will take place at the PLE. So until then, thank you once again for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to the Wrestling Brethren podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast fix to hear the latest discussion from the Wrestling Brethren. You can visit us at TWBpodcast.com for posts and episodes. Visit the mothership, if you will, at BehindTheSquaredCircle.com, home of the Behind the Squared Circle podcast network. Let us know your thoughts, questions, and comments at Twitter at TWBP Show, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Behind the Squared Circle, and on Instagram at The Wrestling Brethren. You can follow Jared on Twitter at The Bacon Rev, and you can follow Josh at Southpaw Josh. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you again soon with more from The Wrestling Brethren.